0: And welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha.
1: I'm Jordan Crook.
2: And I'm Daryl Etherington.
0: Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we're going to be talking about The Ultimatum, Queer Love on Netflix. Before we get to that, I wanted to touch on Netflix's latest subscriber numbers and earnings. Um, Part of the context here is that Netflix has been cracking down on password sharing, forcing people who are password sharing to sign up for their own accounts. You can get sort of like a discount um, if you're sort of attached to someone else's account. But um, there was sort of some debate about like, oh, is this going to be a huge uh, moneymaker for Netflix? Is it going to be the thing that drives people away from Netflix? Certainly, if you were on certain corners of Twitter when this was announced, they were like, Netflix is done. They're idiots. Um, and then in their most recent earnings, they announced that they uh, grew by 5.9 million subscribers globally. So it seems like it's working out pretty well for Netflix.
2: Yeah, they did it. They pulled it off Good for, for them. quarter. We'll see if it continues. I think it's a one-time win, don't you think? That's what I
0: think. I think it's still rolling out, though, because I actually didn't get the message, you know, the, mm. the actual message in Netflix of, hey... Make sure the people who are sharing your password know that they're about to get booted off and they need to sign up. Uh, I didn't get that until, I think, last night when I was watching the ultimatum.
1: I don't think I've gotten it yet. So yeah, I think it's still rolling out. And also, I think you have to give it like... I don't think it's a one-time thing. I think you could probably get a pretty clear sense of the of the impact after a year when all of the shows have hit their hype cycle talk about this etc because like someone who's sharing right now might not be interested in everything on netflix but might like go ape shit when bridgerton comes out you know so right, right. exactly you kind of got to let it like do its thing and then if there's a future show that you know it's like the same thing stranger things probably saw a huge increase etc so and now aren't yeah. they messing with the idea of hbo shows on netflix aren't some of them like yeah i being think licensed out? right
0: yeah yes. They are. um, It's usually not like the brand new shows like Succession or House of the Dragon, I don't think is going to be on Netflix anytime soon. But uh, Warner Media Discovery, uh, which is sort of, I think, just basically trying to generate as much cash as possible so they can get closer to profitability, is is selling off like some of the older shows. Like not like super old, like Insecure, I think, was the one. Oh, yeah. Insecure
1: was the one who ended up. Yeah. I think like... Not to oversimplify it, but it just seems like the streaming services that capture the most attention and become the biggest part of the zeitgeist tend to do the best. Like at the end of the day, it probably is just content and the rest Mm -hmm. of it is optimization. But I don't know. I could be wrong about that.
0: I think it's also just that right now my sense of like the... Business model of streaming, and especially if you're trying to just acquire users quickly, um, you know, spend billions of dollars to make shows and movies, it basically only works if you have a subscriber base on the scale of Netflix's. And so, Netflix is also the only stream, like major streaming service right now that's profitable. And it I,
1: has I, the opportunity to actually make that business model work, is what you're saying. Like, it, yeah, you know.
0: it has this like real built in advantage. Um, and, you know, as you know, you look in other entertainment and tech industries that doesn't necessarily last forever, but it seems like that it's going to be, yeah, like a lot of people, I think were predicting doom for Netflix. I don't, I think definitely the landscape is changing, is not just Netflix anymore. I don't think anyone just has a net. I mean, I'm sure there is, but like, it's not this idea of it's Netflix as the only one or even like the the number one and there's just a vast distance, but it is, it is still like the leader from a business perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. There's... Maybe a sense of doom as it relates to the strike, though, right? Because like, I mean, I was looking at some article about like people clapping back at commenters that were like millionaires striking to be bigger millionaires and <laughs> people showing the pictures of their residuals checks for like yeah. roles that you're like, whoa, <laughs> that's yeah. fucking wild, actually. Like 74 cents to like, you know, someone yeah, there- is in like a fucking Harry Potter film or something. That's wild.
0: Um, there was this great piece in the new yorker called um like orange is the new black shows the rot at the heart of the streaming economy and it was yeah, like basically yes. a lot of the uh actors involved in orange is the new black talking about how little money they they made yeah for and the a show. lot of
2: them are not massively successful like you, they're not like you
1: know no they're not people like making, superstars that are out million here dollar in their mansions
0: and stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think one of the things that is that does seem to be the case and i mean i don't know a ton of people who work in tv but like the couple of people I do know who work in TV writing. They, I do. They've, they've talked I know so many of them. Uh, they've talked about that it's a very clear and stark difference of like even though Netflix shows by all the data and accounts that we have available are generally like more widely watched more popular than abbott than, elementary or whatever these like yeah you know, but like broadcast network but shows. There, it's like an order of magnitude difference of like you basically get no basically you get the one-time payment from netflix and then you get like pennies after that whereas if you write for a, net, a network tv show like you're going to get money indefinitely because the formulas they use for calculating that are so different
2: yeah but think about it this way if you're a plumber you get paid one time for the plumbing job. You don't get paid every time somebody takes a shit.
1: Well, plumbers aren't creating art that gets used repeatedly.
2: They're creating important infrastructure that gets used repeatedly for your. How would you feel about excavations? Or whatever yeah, I mean, called. like
1: we could, you could go back and forth on that, right? Like, no, we
2: I, couldn't. I,
0: I win. <laughs> before we started this uh before Jordan even jumped on this on this zoom uh Daryl and I were talking about how Daryl I, I think has in some ways the most leftist politics of anyone on this podcast because he's you know Canadian but they're like shaded so far into fatalism that he's just like well like the richer monsters and they control everything and that's just how it's going to be forever so like why bother fighting it <laughs>
1: I mean, part of me feels like that's not wrong. Like, when we're talking about Netflix and, like, the streaming business model, I almost, I feel like Netflix, I mean, it's called fang for a reason, right? Right. Like, I mean, Facebook could get a million more users and it would be, like, a percent difference, you know? So, it's like, at a certain point, there is, like, some validity to this idea of, like, too big to fail. And all Mm -hmm. of it, the rest of it is just, like, these... It's this minutia that powers a whole other industry of like wall street just being like look at this minutia let's fucking care, we'll right we'll make some money off you caring about this minutia it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day like you know netflix is netflix
0: there's two different i think slightly different questions that we're maybe complaining here one is like will the strike affect Netflix and I mean it can and in in, if it's goes on for long enough just because I think it'll affect everybody but it'll probably affect Netflix last because it has the most, um, you know, just the most content in the pipeline and I, from what I understand they also have a pretty big lead time partly because they like to launch shows globally they like to do. You know subtitles and things and so like it just like t- they usually there's their content is done sooner than a lot of other streaming services and and tv networks their
1: subtitles are so epic too
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's true we can talk about some of them for the ultimatum <laughs> um but like uh or, or yeah i think it's you know just sort of a lot of the mechanics of like launching shows globally um so i think like a lot of people have said that netflix will probably be the the last one to, to to really get hurt by by this, and I th- right. I think the flip side of the argument is not so in mu- the strike is not so much that like anyone's necessarily at least not explicitly trying to weaken Netflix's power so much as say like hey Netflix especially and these other companies too like if you're making this much money although in a lot of cases they're not yet but in theory if they're going to be making so much money in the future. Um, just you know you can increase the slice of the pie that goes to the writers and the actors right by some you know what to them is like a rounding error but um to the you know the people involved uh is going to make a difference between whether or not they can support themselves
2: well but the executive compensation is the what seems to be the real issue right because whether or not these companies are making money on these streaming services the executives are getting massive massive paydays so like you could alter that dynamic and not affect at all the fortunes of the companies except yeah maybe you can't convince people to come and be the i guess that's the argument like they need this compensation to do this job which sucks and it probably does suck
1: but like doesn't suck that bad bad.
0: (laughs) nothing does nothing will do it bad when you're making that much money any one of the hosts of this podcast would happily i think run for a fraction for for just a a measly one million dollars i would do it for like I would do Just it for less
2: than that. that. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably go for more, but you know, I would do you it. You get for more, like you get better service. Seven
1: seven hundred k range. I feel like that's like.
2: See, I'd be one point five, but it, I would do twice as good of a job as you, jordan So yeah,
1: well, because you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the math works. <laughs> Mm -hmm. normally Mm -hmm. it's 83 cents on the dollar but i guess we're going down to 50 cents on the dollar
0: well you know at the executive level i think Uh, everything is the executive level yeah the gap i was
1: gonna make a joke that i don't even want recorded anywhere i don't care i'm fatalist too now
0: well let's Mm -hmm. let's go and move into a different hornet's nest i have a lot to talk about with ultimatum are we moving to ultimatum? yeah we're moving to to ultimatum okay. i have so the, much to talk the about. review where i feel like anytime like you, you sort of push us like daryl and i will just be like oh oh yeah okay okay
2: please. but specify push you. But it's the ultimatum queer love we should be queer specific yes. because it is a separate franchise wow, from really the ultimatum i'm like what i would like them to do is make this the sub heading its own franchise like do a queer love of all of their various realities do shows? love is
1: blind queer love and like yeah yes, yes. yep too hot Anyways. to handle queer love
2: just to, that's just a situation they'd the be listener. like you're too
1: hot to handle because of all the things you say
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so this is Sexiest a <laughs> as Daryl is explaining in a very <laughs> convoluted way a spin-off of the ultimatum um but it's focused on lesbian couples um do either of you want to just explain weird couples oh right yeah, yeah. excuse me some of them are uh non-binary although I th- I was reading an interview where actually they were talking about the fact that almost I think everyone all of the participants on the show um are at some point identified as she, or at least for she her answer is she her but actually when they did release the cast list the, a couple of them were identified as non-binary
1: yeah I mean like I get how this is like It does start to be there are a lot of things to track in terms of gender and sexual identity, but I think that she, her, and non-binary are not mutually exclusive. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are non-binary
0: people who identify as she. I think. I think there are some who actually have prefer different pronouns, but uh, respond to she/her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't know, but there's definitely at least one explicitly non-binary person and two probably i don't know maybe on the cast list you saw it i'm just going from what i saw on the show but anyway queer love is the point
0: Yeah, super yes, queer. that's right we'll yeah. use the umbrella um... term just to be... <laughs> but i think the thing that's also crazy is just the, the basic ultimatum concept which i've heard before but never watched in a show and i would love it if one of you could just for people who haven't watched explain the ultimatum
1: i'm here and i'm ready I can't answer the call. Um the ultimatum starts from a super unhealthy place in that ultimatums really shouldn't be issued in relationships period. But one person in a relationship is issuing an ultimatum that by the end of this we have to be engaged or we're breaking up. And the structure of the show is that they come on the show together and for a week they, they spend one night together and then they officially quote break up and then they spend a week dating the other people that have also the other couples that have also come on the show and who are also broken up and then at the end of one week they make a choice on who they want to uh have a trial marriage with in other words they like remix the the chemistry of the the group And then they do a trial marriage with this other random person who has also just recently broken up with their long-term significant other and then after the three weeks that couple breaks up and you go back with your original partner for another trial marriage for three weeks and at the end of that you make a decision to either leave alone leave with your first trial marriage or leave with your original partner engaged Just, I mean, you couldn't, this is why we should run Netflix. Just imagine the brainstorming of shows about love that we could come up with that are just so torturous and toxic and (laughs) literally designed to break hearts.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I was watching this last night with my wife, Julie, and she was like, I hope Netflix is paying for the therapy for all that, that all of the participants are going to need after this, because this is insane trauma that they're all inflicting on each other.
2: Yeah, but, like, they were, well, I mean, theoretically, they were going to inflict that trauma just, like, no off-camera, but no, not, not, the same. not nearly as aggressive. Not the same. That's like true.
1: We've, I mean, not everybody, I guess, has been cheated on, but those of us who have been cheated on or cheated on someone know that, like, half of the baggage of that comes with it becoming public knowledge. Right. And there's a bunch of shame involved with that. So like I mean they're basically just setting it up to like cheat on someone in the most public way possible. But they said they um, didn't set
2: rules. Sure and they didn't set
1: rules. I think that what I there's a bunch of differences with this that relates to them being queer or women slash non-binary people, etc. But I feel like they were all so much more aware of their public persona than in other hetero dating shows and Mm. love reality shows like they were not that doesn't mean that they didn't like step in shit or whatever throughout the course of it but like you could tell that they were all very very aware of what yeah what other people would think watching this back which doesn't always feel like the case you know or it sometimes feels like the case in the wrong way where People are just lack self-awareness. So they're like, this is going to be a TV show where I'm on it and I should act X, Y, Z. And that actually comes off really clearly. Whereas this was like, I just got to be on my best behavior. I got to think before I speak. I got to, you know, yeah. like it was kind of weird, but it was nice to watch. They're just more evolved people. Yeah, they I were- think
2: so. I think they had better sense of uh, consequences and impacts. And like the, the regular ones and This is like a probably too much of a generalization, but I feel like especially a lot of the guys you see on these are like have no idea because they're like, I'm a straight white man, and like
1: they've never had consequences in their life. Yeah, exactly. Why would this have consequences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Right, and they they generally don't have, or not generally, but in many cases, don't seem to have the tools to actually talk about their feelings in any way. And everyone here knows how to talk about their feelings. Some of them don't come off well. Even so, I mean, I think there's also these interesting arguments that I think of like, you know, people who are very, are you know, articulate at talking about their emotions, they sort of know therapy speak. And then you get mm-hmm. into sort of like this escalating thing of like, oh, like you gaslit me, no, you gaslit me and, and those yeah, kinds of things. Yeah, it's like very meta, instead.
1: meta arguments and confrontation. Um, yeah. I think... Um, Yeah, it was just really interesting to see that, like, awareness of the situation. And it was also, I felt like, the stuff that they were trying to tackle, even with that awareness of the fact that this is going to be on global television, I mean, like, there were a lot of bits of these conflicts that these relationships were undergoing that felt really, like, deep and real to me. Like, maybe... I don't think that they were not acting, but I think like the kernel of many of those conversations was like pretty legitimate. And they were legitimately trying to like, I don't know, discuss resolutions. Mm -hmm. And I don't always feel like that's the case with these shows either. I feel like, especially with the like super fantastical ones, like the bachelor and bachelorette and stuff, like the shit they're talking about is like so untethered from reality or pragmatism that it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? Mm. You know what I mean? Like I would just love for this to be our life. And they're like riding horses in Tampa Valley, you know, like in clothes they bought to be on a TV show. Whereas like, I felt like these people were talking about things like IVF was like a big topic and like how much IVF costs and what it means to plan for a baby in a queer relationship. And like, that's like a legitimate thing. I can attest that's a super legitimate thing. And I don't know. It just felt like a little bit more relatable, maybe because I'm gay, but I don't know if you guys felt like it was more relatable.
0: I felt that way for sure.
2: Yeah. They felt like more full, like real characters. I mean, for lack of a better word, like they didn't feel like the normal like cardboard cutout reality show people or whatever.
0: Yeah. It felt that way to me both because they seemed more, not everyone we can talk about some of these exceptions but in general they felt more emotionally mature than the normal dating show contestants and also because like so I haven't seen other ultimatum uh shows so I, I can't compare it to that but like compared to something like love is blind it felt more real just because it's people who are coming in with real relationships which also like to underline it though that also makes it seem even more crazy to me because if I was right. single and like I got on a Netflix dating show I mean I I would never do that but like um or they would never cast me but like if that you would happened, do it like you'd you be would like totally yeah why not it. like what do <laughs> I like, as long as I don't come off as like a complete like asshole like it's fine like it's like you know relatively low stakes um but if you're like, in a long-term relationship and you're dragging your partner into this like that is wild absolutely well, it wild. just
1: felt like a lot of these people were done with their relationships yes and we're ready to break up and just saw this as a springboard and again it's like one of the amazing amazing things about these franchises but particularly this series this queer love version of these franchise of this franchise which is like these people clearly like 90% of them want to be actors yeah. or want yeah, to yeah, be yeah. influencers or want to be famous and it still doesn't really, you like almost instantly accept that even when they're trying to like act there again is like some kernel of truth because it is their real relationship and their real life that they're trying to portray. And it's a fantastic blend of like trying to know what's real. I Almost want to bring Taylor Swift into this because I feel like she's the master of this game, which is like I'll write a fictive song or I'll write a somewhat autobiographical song and I'll match it with this Instagram post and you'll hear me make some like subtle comment in an interview. And then someone will report that an insider said this. And that's part of why her fans are like the way they are. It's not. The quality of any one thing, it's the fucking game. It's like the give and take of that. And this show does a really good job of that, too, where you're like, I don't know how real all of this is. For example, so many times in this show, you hear the contestants or characters or castmates or whatever the fuck we want to call them. You hear them say, I was on this experience. I don't know if you guys noticed, but almost never do you actually see their mouth say on this experience. They almost always cut away because they're saying I'm on this show. Yeah. And Netflix is dubbing in another time when they said experience. Right. Because no one says, I'm on an experience. No.
2: God, no what no do one. you say?
1: You say, I'm in an experience, or I'm going yeah. through an experience, or I'm experiencing something. And so Netflix is purposefully changing that. So you're like, my brain caught it every fucking time. I was like, no one says on this experience. She must have said show. And what is real? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you just, you're always playing that game of like, is that real? Is that real? Was that Mm -hmm. an affectation? Was that an embellishment? Was that a straight up lie? Are they creating a storyline? Is this a real storyline? Like, I think that's that's part of what makes it fun.
2: It is. And I think they're starting to embrace that and uh, like they know and intentionally play with that. I was listening to, like, we talk a lot about this trash reality stuff, right? And like, we love it and it's guilty pleasure or whatever but i was listening to it was actually smart list which i don't really like because i find those guys almost intolerable now at this point but really it's like well yeah you guys are so successful shut the fuck up like get out of here but the uh they were they had on danny mcbride who i do really like and he was saying all he watches now is reality tv and he was like it's it's just good and like the he was watching the specifically vanderpump rules is like something he loves and he's like it's just great and also they're elevating the art like they are elevating it's real the art
1: like now. science that is yeah. going into this mm-hmm. shit it yeah. is a craft to create these television shows
2: yeah and i just found that interesting and kind of was like yeah maybe that's what it is too about what i and, and it's like i feel like this one is advanced level like i do feel like this one is just like everything about it feels so much better than the original upon which it's based. It feels like they just so much better. Yeah. Like it's like it's not even the same show. It's like somebody adapted the show in a much smarter, much more interesting way. But it's I yeah, I I don't even dislike it. Like I think it's just clever television making now. It's not even the point where it's like, oh, yeah, this is something I like because I like it's... like to indulge myself. Right
1: it's so yeah you're absolutely right it was like I I feel like as viewers we are not being taken for granted you know Mm -hmm. like or being um taken advantage of or not no not taken advantage of I think more like we're not being condescended to our patrons yeah 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 right like we're like I think that the creators of the show are super aware of the fact that like we want to kind of hate these people we kind of want to root for these people we mm-hmm. don't want it to be as boring as our usual lives. So we need some conflict and drama and we yeah. need the embellishment of those things. We, we don't understand intrigue. a little bit
2: the, the striving for fame or. We, yeah, we're, or we're whatever. with
1: you. We're not thinking that you plucked these people out. What the fuck is love is blind. What do you mean? Ultimatum? Like, yeah. I guess I'll just come out from my regular life. They're all like live in LA. They're all out yeah. there like trying to be influenced. Like, so they're not like faking us out on any of that. They're like, These people want to promote queer pride parties for the rest of their lives. And yeah, it's just, it's super hyper engineered and you can tell that there are people who spend, who a big chunk of their job is just to understand the psychology of one shot to the next, one take to the next, one conflict to the next, and to like structure it and edit it in a way that, has you playing that game of like, I don't know how true this is.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You described that as not condescending. Cause I think you could make an argument that that is like, there is an element of condescension of being like, all right, let's like just give these idiots what they want. Like they know, like you're like the beat, like we've like got this down to a science, mm. of like how mm. to like entertain everybody. And we'll just deliver that. Um, I'm not necessarily making that argument, but I think like, I, I- it sounds like you're making a different argument of like, it's that they're that they sort of like we they, they sort of feel like you we're all adults here we understand what this is
1: yeah i mean i think that you can have a transaction of like let's give these idiots what they want and it's not condescending if the idiots are like we're idiots for wanting this (laughs) does that make sense like yes i mean i totally understand the distinction as opposed to like the, the bachelorette i that's like the easiest because i feel like it's the longest standing kind of like reality love show that's ever existed and they've changed very little over the last like 25 years or whatever and i just feel like they're they're actually like let's give these idiots what they want which is like just so fantastical again and not grounded in reality and there's never any any mention of like wanting fame or if it is it's seen as like a cardinal rule that's broken as though not every single person on there is doing that they all are but they just use it to make one villain and that's the same plot every fucking time it's the Hmm. same plot every season no matter what like they have a girlfriend at home and they're just on here to get famous right and like that wasn't even a part of I mean it was kind of a part of this i guess with vanessa but like that kind of brings me to my next question or something that i would like to touch on on this podcast which is that i would love to get an understanding of kind of our like stack ranking or scores per castmate when we started Hmm. watching the show to when the show ended because i had a my feelings towards different people changed drastically over the course of course of the show
0: i I wonder if we should do that With as a spoiler discussion, just so that people can feel free talking about like stuff that happens later in the show. Yeah.
1: We absolutely can, but I think it's something that an exercise we should I I would love to do
0: that. I mean, that's probably the thing I'm most excited about. Um, yeah, I think that distinction you're talking about too is like, I mean, just to state like the obvious, like I think a lot of dating shows are also reinforcing this very traditional and patriarchal idea of what romance should be, and just in the title itself, right? Like uh, this show is doing something different. And then even beyond that, I think it's like modeling. A, you know, even in this ridiculousness of this totally insane construct, it's modeling different kinds of relationships. It's saying like, yeah, like a relationship doesn't have to be like, you know, marriage and kids. They're people who like want different things and they, and they're treated with understanding and respect. And I think that is actually great.
1: It's kind of a double-edged sword. I think as a queer person, I'll just say like, because on the one hand I hate that these are the 10 individuals that represent mm. mm-hmm. me to the world because I think they're all pretty much garbage
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just I mean, do. I'm really like, excited for this stack ranking
1: yeah they're not all garbage I think like you know they're all shallow I think but whatever like that it's neither here nor there and then at the same time of feeling like, man, I wish that I had some better representation up there. I also feel super proud because I'm like, these people are not all of them. And some of them are super ass backwards and all of these things. And I don't agree. And I think that some of them are reprehensible in their behavior and the way that they talk about things. They're like, at least accurate in representing that. Like one women not not all of them you know non-binary whatever but like generally women and then especially queer women are just fucking more evolved human beings i mean their conversations not all of their fights but like on the whole we're actually these conversations whereas i feel like not no offense to you guys or anyone whatever kind of offense though because this is how i feel like hetero relationships you like a woman is like I feel like I have the mental load and like I don't need to make you a list and blah, blah, blah. And the dude's like, huh? And like it's literally <laughs> the the gap in fucking emotional intelligence, especially on TV, is just so huge that everything that happens, you're just like, nothing's actually explicit or like disgust, mm. right? Like it's all just like the same trope over and over again where it's like, I don't get it. What do you want from me? She's like, I just want you to show up as a human being. He's like, oh yeah, I'm right here. You know, it's like the same fucking thing over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And that that same conversation appears in this, but it feels like it gets like six chapters in as opposed to like just hanging out on the front page of the book of this fucking story over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and so like while I was disappointed and like kind of embarrassed to be like uh we're not all like that I was also like we're kind of all like that like (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean it was like a weird feeling
0: that's interesting I mean I'm curious what you think about this from like one of the things I think about from like a representation perspective uh was this article that came out when crazy rich Asians came out and like obviously like you can't make a perfect parallel between these different kinds of representation. But like this um, like Asian-American reviewer was talking about watching the crazy rich Asians and at first and having moments where she would start to cringe because she would be like, oh, like this is like a stereotypical Asian in this way. This is a stereotypical Asian in this way. And then she like reached she was like, I don't feel stressed about that with this movie because there's so many of us in this that like no one has to carry that burden of like representation. Mm. And that's like ultimately the the goal is that it's not that like every version of myself or of this specific category that you see on screen is exemplary or is great it's that there's so many that like no one has to be great
1: yeah it's like the highest order goal right which is like the first order goal with the where where we are in the world right now is just like can you just show these people as being like normal respectable good people right whatever that representation might be and then the highest order goal is that you can show these people being exactly who they are, which could be good, bad, smart, dumb, funny, you know, whatever. And that like, it's irrelevant because all people can be all different kinds of things. And it doesn't matter what fucking category you come from. You know what I mean? And so I think that this does a little bit of what you're talking about with Crazy Rich Asians as well, right? Where you're like, you know, I would never act like Tiff or Mildred, but like, I've had conversations that are very close to the ones that Mal and Yoli had. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And like, so it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's super weird. And I also would never like endorse Mal or Yoli. So it's like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like the, uh, like, you know, if you watch The Hangover or whatever, or like old school, it's like it's just some of those dudes are, extremely stereotypical but like and that's always been the case right but then you're like but they're two among many or whatever right? so it's fine whereas what has typically happened in the past in film and television and everything was like there's one gay person and they're you know just exactly Super stereotypical gay. straight yeah, down right. the middle gay and then that's all gay people they're all like that because that's the only one you have on there it's the only representation right so
1: And I I think think, there's a phenomenon not to like double click too hard on this or anything. And maybe this isn't true or not, but I've always kind of like had it as a theory because it was true for me, which is that like, maybe not now, but 20 years ago, when, when gay people were coming out, they were going so far into the extremes and it wasn't just media representation that caused this. I think there was like societally, it was harder to feel like you were going to be accepted. And so you really wanted to like, If you're gonna do it you might as well go all the way to make sure that your clan and community were like oh you're a gay like come here i'll be your friend right yeah and to kind of like find some acceptance and uh yeah i don't think that the media representation helped that because i think people saw gay people saw that one like super flamboyant gay guy who was the sidekick on a show and were like Okay, well, I guess that if I like dudes, I got to be that, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it just like contributed to that. I think that that's changing a lot now. I think we've come a long way, even though the laws wouldn't say so. We've come a long
0: way. (laughs) Well, let's uh, let's move into spoilers and talk more about the individual contestants. So if you've not watched the entire first season of the Ultimatum Queer Love, uh, you should stop listening now or you can keep listening and we're just going to spoil some things for you. And I think that's probably fine. Mm -hmm
1: okay so then maybe we just start with my exercise at at the starting point and then we can talk a little bit about the season and then we could finish with the exercise of like where we ended up with people does that sound like a good framework for this
2: sure yeah
0: i i I may have less to say about where people were at the end of the season because i didn't make it to the end but
1: Mm -hmm. oh boo on you you really should are you going to maybe yeah yeah i think it's worth it um okay so we could go couple by couple and rate them individually. And let's say that 10 is the best a person can be, I guess, within the framework of like be already being on a reality show. Like, let's just mm-hmm. like forgive them that minus five points or whatever that <laughs> you were a person who went on a reality show. And like within the context of the show, 10 is the best that a person can be across all spectrums. And one is the worst a person can be. That makes sense. Okay. So which couple should we start with? Um, Maybe I'll just go Sam and Aussie. Let's start with Sam and Aussie. Okay. So to me at the beginning, Sam was a three just because she literally wasn't even there. Like, I don't think I knew her name until like the fourth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Yeah. Yeah shrinking violet i
2: guess in the initials or whatever or they just edited her or yeah
0: i mean my assumption was that she was sort of done a little dirty in the edit because she wasn't dramatic enough yeah yeah
1: but like but whatever like again i didn't even fucking register her on the scale so like a two three for me um that which we don't know we hate that's the american (laughs) way and then um for aussie i would say like And just in terms of goodness as a person, I would say like six or seven, like she was harmless, you know, and seemed nice. So that's what I'll go with for those two.
2: Although her accent seemed fake. Did you see that discourse online? That was like, Aussie's accent is fake.
1: (laughs) She named herself Aussie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know why. I didn't see that yeah it's people will just feel like, I don't think that sounds like an Australian accent and then it's like, but it is, it is that is it. but I don't know. I don't think like, it's fake for what it's worth, but there was a big discussion and debate around it.
1: So do you have a rating though? And I think as a couple, I'll give them like a five. They like balance each other out, I guess. They were just like completely neutral. I couldn't care less.
2: Yeah, I, yeah I I, I, I will say I just kind of like didn't find them particularly interesting at the beginning of the show. And again, I think it's the edit it's more than anything else. They've, they, they definitely focused on other people as kind of the lightning rods of like stuff's going to happen here. So I'd have no real, I don't know. Yeah, neutral is how I would put it.
0: Yeah, I would say okay. I, I would rate them overall as like six or seven. Um, they, I, I think I maybe, you know, and I probably paid a little bit more attention to them because they're the only Asian couple, but um, they also seemed, you would see them in the background or in these quick cutaways at the beginning, and they seemed to be among the kind of most unhappy to be there. Like, they're kind of like, oh. what are we doing here? This sucks. Right. Like, why are we blowing up our relationship? Um, and so I, I felt like invested in them for that, even though like, yeah, I feel like as characters, they especially uh Sam, like just I feel like you you don't really get a sense of of who she is for uh the, the first few episodes. Yeah,
1: yeah. OK, so then let's move on to another couple Tiff and Mildred. I'm going to give both of them ones.
0: Whoa,
2: <laughs> whoa. The wow. reason I'm
1: doing this is because. I think you have individual responsibility in your relationship Uh, and they were talking about how they broke up once a week. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that that automatically disqualifies you from getting any points in my system, both individually and as a couple. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, that is the most toxic shit I've ever heard of in my entire (laughs) life. Like, how can I I give you mm, another score?
2: They seem the most doomed, I think, of anybody, uh, based on their past performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it
1: was like, I love the part where Tiff is like, Mildred's like, we have to do this. I can't be with you. This is bad. I hate this. I won't be with you. Get away from me. And Tiff is like, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about this? And kisses her. I'm like, you guys are fucking.
0: You're a mess. Get mess. out of here. And then but they fun. cut to Mildred and says, "Tiff always does this, which is they try to paper <laughs> over any problems we have, not by talking about the problems or solving them, but by but with sex.
1: With sex, yeah." I mean, it's not a terrible move. I wish I could resolve my fights with Seth. <laughs> I,
0: I, I think I found them both compelling as individuals. Like they have scenes where I really felt for them and they see, again, they can like talk about their problems in a really articulate way. As a couple, I thought they were completely doomed for the reasons you said. I was like, this is actually good for them because this is going to break them up and that is, and they should be. Yeah, they out. need
1: to, they're done. They're yeah. cooked. We just got to get them through over the hump of this whole thing. Okay, so then let's go to Lexi and Ray.
2: Oh yeah, okay. I mean they they were interesting because uh which Lexi is the blonde. The blonde one, right? one yeah. with the
1: massive knockers.
2: So but she's so articulate from the start. And she's like a
1: future lawyer.
2: Yeah, yeah. And has all this like seeming maturity and then they gave her age and i was like what she's like 22 well, and she something? acts
1: in the in the heart of it she was right so like at yeah. the beginning i would have probably given lexi like a eight on the good scale mm-hmm. and i would have probably given ray the same benefit of the doubt because ray was the only person that i believe didn't really want to be on the show other than maybe sam and aussie yeah I believe yeah. that Ray was 100% dragged on this show. That's true. And she she seemed, gets points for that. So she I, seemed
2: just super nice and chill. And there were, yeah, at the start, there was like nothing. I Yeah, I agree. I rated them highly for sure.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. Them I, 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 I thought they were both um, like, they seemed like, you know, compelled, like, you know, like decent people. That you know whatever demerits they had for just for being not being on a reality show for specifically being on this reality show like like I think Lexi made a stronger impression um you know like and and I mean I think it's partly because the, the the way the edit is done I think that, and I think this is you know it felt a little gross but also like smart is just they're like yes she is like physically like this way and like everybody is like gonna like notice that and then let's talk about it and then you know, hopefully to some extent, move on. Um, And so, Mm. but like, also like, I think she just got more screen time at first. And then Ray kind of, I think, started to get more screen time because there was that sort of like romantic triangle situation. And I felt like I still didn't get a strong sense of Ray as I did of Lexi, but overall I still felt positively about them. Yeah, Yeah, totally.
1: Um, Which brings us to Mal and Yoli. I think Mal is my only 10 off the rip. Because I thought oh, yeah. everything now, that she said was. I thought one, she was she's fucking gorgeous. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she's like gorgeous. She's like knows the right thing to say. She seems like super balanced and thoughtful, and like aware of the world around her, and also her. every reason she gave for the ultimatum like they didn't even meet shouldn't have been on this show in my mind because Yoli was like I need the ultimatum and Mal's like okay well I'll marry you I just would like to save some money to be able to yeah you know like build the life that you deserve and she's like no now (laughs) (laughs) everything that she just said was so reasonable like what what are you talking about like this is the most reasonable person on the show So yeah, I give Mal a 10 and I give Yoli like a four or five just because what the fuck are you talking about?
2: Yeah, Yoli was, um, I mean, I I liked her, but I think she had a lot of red flags early and then I think that those ended up being correct later on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah think- red flags for sure. Like I wasn't I maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. Maybe I was more like a six-seven on Yoli at the beginning. Maybe just minus points for like having a problem with Mal. Cause like how could you have a problem with Mal? Um yeah.
0: But red flags. Yeah. I, I think I I definitely was not I was definitely that like that was one of the relationships where I was like, I don't know that they're gonna make it through this. This seems like a little like they're not on the same page and want different things. And I thought that most of the stuff that Mal in particular was saying was like very reasonable of like, um, this is kind of what I need in this relationship. This is what I need to feel good in order to say yes. Um, and I was like, that was definitely when I was like, you guys should not be on this show. You should just go see a couples therapist and figure yeah, this yeah. shit out. Um, but,
1: or an accountant.
0: Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then I think the other thing I liked so much about Mal was yeah. everybody else that who got a lot of screen time seemed to be kind of like hedging, which is I think a totally, totally normal thing on a show like this is like you don't want to like, you know, go all in on one person and then they're not into you and you're just suddenly left high and dry. But Mel, like from the start is just like, no, it's you know Yoli's it,
1: my person. I'm not interested in doing anything with anyone else.
0: Oh no, but also that uh I feel like that that uh they chose uh Lexi very quickly that they were like I'm I'm going to go with you. I think that was
1: specifically because she was like, Mal was being loyal to Yoli and Lexi was also going to be entirely loyal to Mm Ray, And there was never any question of whether or not the two of them would choose someone else. And so they did that, they could have a good friendship, right? But in a
2: couple of the episodes early, they really were like i would marry her like they really ramped it up i don't know if the producers yeah them probably do it, the cut they...
1: the producers in my mind I, like it's hard again that's part of what makes this show magic we don't know yeah. I, I mean <laughs> we have no fucking clue <laughs> what was real okay so then i guess that's our last couple is xander and vanessa
0: which is a well, tough yeah one. it is the most one. chaotic couple absolutely
2: absolutely
1: Yeah, I really liked Vanessa up until her confrontation with Lexi, which is still in like the first episode, I think. And then I was like, oh, she's a sociopath, which actually to me gives her like 10 points. But like, (laughs) you know, whatever, on the scale, just so that we're staying clear, I would say Vanessa was like pretty villainous. She was like a two or three for me. And Xander was like highly sympathetic, if not likable. So like a seven ish seven she eight. did
2: see in that she was there was a thing about she seemed extremely taken advantage of and that i don't know how i would assign a number rank. yeah that's that. a tough one
1: right because you're yeah. like you are pretty you seem pretty evolved you seem to like be thinking about the right things and yet you're like under the thumb of this person and it's so yeah. obvious even to people who just met you they're like xander you should leave her yeah <laughs> you know and like to still be i don't know yeah that that definitely is minus some points.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely it's the couple where the my impression of the two of them has the biggest, of them as individuals has the biggest spread, where to me, like, Vanessa is the villain of the show, or at least the early episodes of the show, and it sounds like that continues. Um, and then Xander is, like, the hero of the show. Um, like, I, 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 like, felt like... I mean, Vanessa, yeah, it, it felt... That was one where I wondered about both the edit and... um how conscious she was of it. Of she's like, if Vanessa's like, I'm going to go in and I want to make a strong impression. And the way I'm going to do that is being the villain of the show. Um, cause that's definitely mm-hmm. how it feels like after a certain point. I mean, not immediately at first. She's just kind of the most talkative one, the yeah. kind of most openly, she's kind definitely of the invitation. most she's...
1: advanced in her career as an actor. It feels like, I mean, I don't right. know that for sure. Like, I don't have her fucking IMDB mm-hmm. up or whatever, but she's the best actor yes in my mind and i i was like you're compelling like i would watch you on screen play a role like yeah
2: but i did feel i saw like i've she she was sympathetic also in that like when you met her dad and you were like oh i get it oh you're i understand why you're so fucked up and this sucks i mean it's no fault of your own but I mean, well, yes, everybody has... personal. There's a bunch of but... things.
1: There's a bunch of things. But I did love her dad. And my feelings on her dad changed over time, too. Because he wasn't just... His kind of, like, anti-marriage. You have to be 100%. There's It's all black and white speech at the beginning. I was like, oh, that explains so much about why Vanessa's so fucked up. But mm. then later on, he was like, you're just jealous.
0: <laughs> right. And,
1: like, he was calling her out for what felt like a lot of truth and so i was like okay maybe that's just it's kind of fucked up for her but it's also like he's just speaking the truth to her he's telling her the shit that she doesn't have the yeah objectivity to see
2: i don't think he's not right i just think it's a weird way to be a parent i guess i don't know
1: maybe but i mean she's a weird fucking girl so yeah but i think that's because he's
2: been a weird parent for like a long time i
1: don't know you can't blame your parents for." we are you weird can. this is
2: all it's all causes every all okay. problems
1: yeah yeah sorry mom um
0: and i thought the thing that made me particularly sympathetic to to xander was in the the episode where they actually make their initial choices and everyone kind of attacks vanessa i think in a lot of ways deservedly and, and, not, ju- and not just saying, yeah, and not just for drama. off yeah that was so awesome and and like Lexi, you know, like gives this whole speech, which I think, at least if you interpret it charitably, and I do, like it's it was like really not about like telling Vanessa to fuck off. It was really about warning Ray. And um, mm-hmm. but like in that moment, it kind of Xander steps in and says, "Hey, like I know you're, uh, you guys are defending me, and and on some level, thank you, I really appreciate it, but also." Like, don't don't do this on my behalf like i don't want you to be attacking vanessa on my behalf right um although and then zander says vanessa. like i'm the only one who knows her which I, i'm like oh red flag this <laughs> is that part i'm like this, this yeah. seems like bad but the rest of it it really felt like it was somebody who was like trying to accept this sort of like, in a way, like, kindness that other people are trying to show her, but also, like, having their own boundaries of saying, like, hey, like, don't like, like, the thing I want is not for you to all, like, gang up on my ex right now.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, Xander had some. I mean, Xander issued the ultimatum. If we believe that those things are true, then right. Xander had some agency. Like, it w- yes. it's actually unfair to Xander to pretend like they didn't yeah have some agency or autonomy in that relationship because they did
0: and when they have the whole argument about is Vanessa there for the right reasons you could say well Xander is the one the reason they're there because Xander issued the ultimatum and Vanessa is the one who's sort of along for the ride
1: none of you are (laughs) so (laughs) great what is the right reason to be on this show yeah like I mean yeah there there's no such thing as a right reason (laughs) so maybe let's just hop off that bandwagon I think. Okay, so then maybe we should just pause on our rankings and talk a little bit about the plot lines of the show. I think the most compelling one centered around Vanessa fucking Ray Uh and Xander falling in love with Yoli. Like that kind of rectangle of chaos. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Well, there were a S- bunch of bits sam and was also
2: this, i mean yeah it wasn't that they weren't all they all ended up being very interesting for sure the the dynamics between them all but i was
1: always i think no matter what maybe this is like i i just sent so sam and aussie that was interesting to unpack because i do think that sam found a lot of agency and autonomy and a voice in her relationships so that was interesting and aussie was so much more broken and lethal and violent yeah. than I think anybody expected after the first episode. So that, again, like, I think part of what makes the show interesting is, like, the the whole reason for the ranking exercise is, like, I mean, you just, you're like,
0: whoa, curveball. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. T- tell, tell me a little bit more about what happens with, with Aussie.
1: Aussie just, so Aussie clearly, when she's in the relationship with Mildred, you kind of it all kind of stays all of Aussie's issues stay pretty stealth because Mildred is so you know the Ellen Latina is for loud that like you don't you don't really notice it's like easy to blame Mildred for whatever is happening because it, it yeah. always feels like Mildred's coming to her being like
2: but her, her, I mean, you're her reactions are, even there, you're like, this isn't the right, rea- I know that that's not the right, like, Mildred is oh. not being, uh, Mildred is being unreasonable, but then Ossie's response is also, is
1: also unreasonable, oh, so it's not like, yeah, it's not like you don't notice at all, but I think yeah. it's like easy when you're trying to, again, like, you're. we're, we're all just trying to decipher what the reality is actually w- with, like, what looks like it was an hour long conversation cut down to two minutes. We're all trying to figure out like what was actually going on there. And it it's easy to kind of just like default to Mildred because it feels like Mildred's nagging. I wanna give credit to Mildred because I think that nine times out of 10 in those confrontations with Aussie, she really tried her best to come at it calmly. She was mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling, right? Like, can we talk about this? I need you to communicate. And then Aussie, like, for some reason, is just like, I don't wanna, I didn't do anything. I don't want to do this. I'm out. like I don't want to talk about this. And by then Mildred's shouting. And so it's easy to be like, Mildred, just stop like nagging, you know, like wasn't that bad. Mm. Um But then when she's back with Sam, you realize like, this is the most fucking toxic thing ever. Like Aussie, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Aussie just like does not. There are people that just really struggle with any sort of criticism at all of like, hey, when you did this, it hurt my feelings, no matter how it's delivered. And Sam is obviously like consistently delivering it the best possible way over and over and over again. And Aussie like freaks out every single time. It's like, I didn't do anything. I'm out. Slams door. And at some point has like a total fucking breakdown outside of a restaurant. It would actually like what did you think of that daryl because that to me was like i i was watching with danny i was like what are we fucking
2: watching yeah do you
1: think that this is a real it was like a psychotic break it was intense
2: yeah it was i mean yeah she has like super deep-seated real bad problems and
1: something it... happened in aussie's childhood i guess there's some trauma she talked that about is, like
2: the fam like the father there it was not a relation like there was no like emotional vulnerability or openness in her childhood right
1: yeah but it feels like there was also i maybe i'm wrong because i'm not a fucking psychologist and yeah you can be raised in like a toxic family dynamic like that and yeah. have issues from it but it also felt like there was an instance of something because like the breakdown wasn't just like i always have to be perfect and i'm blah blah blah, blah. It, it felt like there was like i don't know something had happened where the breakdown Took her outside of her body.
2: Like yeah. She was
1: just like screaming,
2: like, yeah, I, have yeah. to be I, mean, perfect. I have to be perfect. I'm yeah. perfect.
1: I'm perfect. Like, just, yeah, like it really got to her.
2: Yeah. She just associates like completely, essentially, from herself or whatever in these crisis moments. And then uh, it's scary. It's really scary to watch some, that somebody has that because you get the hints of it and it's you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, I know people who deal like that or deal with stuff like that and you think it's kind of like one thing and then when stuff like what Jordan's describing happens, you're like, oh, it's not. It's, it's like way, way worse. It's that thing, but made into like an actual but... disorder that she needs to get treated or whatever. Right. And then you see how the Sam like it, it just reveals how how unfair it was to sam and how sam was like obviously like molding her personality to fit this like um really kind of like broken one that uh Ossie has taken on and like they they like the, the i guess the extent to which their relationship was problematic and codependent becomes apparent over the course of the show because i think we because mildred is like the exact opposite of that like mildred is the exact opposite in the way that is also problematic but like she's never ever going to like contort to be part of your thing but she's also not going to like adapt in a kind way which is being her problem her. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> and sam and aussie are the only couple that's still together right i think
1: so yeah aussie yeah. proposed in like the dumbest way possible and then sam How? said yes and they're still together. Well, she told the story of penguins that mate for life. And when they're choosing a soulmate, they pick a rock out on a Oh, yeah, the rock. And they give you they present it to their partner. And so I got you a rock. And you think like, oh, this is actually kind of clever because she's gonna hand her a diamond ring, and that is a rock, and like yeah. that's and then so she then actually she her hands her a rock. rock. And and Sam's like,
2: uh, uh what uh, the fuck? Just a rock. You. Yeah. <laughs> But, <laughs> but then aussie's like thing.
1: oh also there's more i have this diamond ring it's like that was just a fucking cruel joke what are you doing yeah
2: it was it was i thought it was a good faint because i was like oh fuck i can't believe she did it and then they were like no but here and i'm like okay all right you got me i don't know.
1: you got me aussie but yeah whatever they're 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 fine they well, you know, well they're they're fine in
2: that they like yeah actually got to a place where they know I think they identified their issues and can work on them. Right.
1: Exactly. They're definitely not resolved, but I feel like Aussie at least has a, that breakdown was important to her because she's like, okay, I clearly am hurting this person and I do want this person's love and I do love this person. So I gotta like, I gotta look something in the face. Cause that was her real issue. It was just, I won't yeah. ever look anything in the face. Um, whether she's doing that and doing the work, who the fuck knows, but okay. So then Mildred and Tiff. Whoa uh Mildred and Tiff decided to get engaged even though they were fighting up until the very last night like fighting fighting Uh about I thought Tiff's whole thing well one thing that I noticed that I thought was really weird was there was so many conversations where the original partners were chatting and they're like I never knew that what are you talking about you know and they were like at one point Tiff and Mildred are talking about like Mildred's like I have a son He's going to have to live with us. And Tiff is like, Yeah, like we'll have to figure that out. What would that look like? Let's talk about that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, How have you been together for two years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is, I mean, I realize the producers are probably like, Could you talk about that for a second? But they make it sound like it's not an ongoing conversation at all. And like the same thing happened with Tiff and Mildred talking about her ex wife. And Mildred's mm-hmm. like, I didn't really love my ex-wife. I mean, I loved yeah. her, but I wasn't in love with her. And she's like, what do you mean you weren't in how love with her? How could you me?
2: marry somebody you weren't in love with? It's and like, them. how
1: have you not had this fucking con? Like, isn't that like a, for lesbians, it's like a week one conversation <laughs> of like, talk to me about all your exes. Let's go through your baggage, blah, blah, blah. Let's break it all down. Like, how has that not been a thing? You guys are just too busy fighting and fucking to ever have a conversation. You don't even yeah. know each other.
2: I mean, I think they just really enjoyed the, tumult and yeah, the they're chaos they're just like they're
1: the roller coaster roller coaster couple that like yeah. it only means something if you're like feeling yourself mad or like madly in love and having sex and but i did no.
2: like uh tiff's like dog stuff this is unrelated to how the resolution but that but, was good yeah of like why can't you just say that oh, you i love my dog put the dog on the bed and it was like a very yeah. serious fight between her and sam early on and
1: i loved in the reunion when they showed sam being like she's cooked for shiloh for the last two weeks but she's never made me a single bit of food and you see
0: shiloh <laughs> with a plate of like roasted chicken and sweet potatoes <laughs> like, yeah, yeah
1: she's making him full meals yeah i i will amazing. say one moment
0: that i actually just started screaming when i watched the show was that um during uh the the choice you know everyone's supposed to choose somebody and it and and basically tiff goes last and and tiff has been chosen by sam and then tiff like has this breakdown and says i just want to be with the person i came with i did, did, did. And then you, and then I'm like, oh, okay. So actually, Tiff and Sam are the two people who are not going to go into the next stage. They're gonna, who knows? Maybe they're just going to chill for three weeks. And then you realize they're still moving in together. And I just started like screaming at my television. I'm yeah. like, are you serious? Like, Tiff has given this. I mean, like, it seemed like a real and genuinely painful speech. And then the person who's had to sit there, be, like, watching Tiff be like, like I, 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 you know, I don't. It anyone else. And then they like end up still moving in together and then like it seems like 30 seconds in the conversation and this could just be the edit tiff is immediately then like oh i'm bringing my dog the dog sleeping on the bed if you're not a hundred percent on board with this i'm immediately gonna be concerned
1: clearly tiff's core issue is just hunting for fights right like that is her she just like needs it that's what she needs to like test boundaries in order to feel loved mildred's issue is that she's fucking psychotic like I mean literally violent like yeah in the reunion Anthony they talked about how Mildred had um thrown a picture frame and broken the glass everywhere and then thrown a pet gate at tiff and been arrested mm-hmm. for it yeah like she's literally in a domestic abuser and I guess that we just forgive that for women it's super fucked up but
0: I really like, wish uh our listeners could see my face right now because I was just in total Wait, yeah, shock.
1: So, like, I mean, Mildred's just like to be with someone who's hunting for fights, and also be that person who like can't control yourself at all. Yeah, yeah. There, so they are a total mess. They are not together, and Tiff left the reunion because Mildred was like, "You don't pay rent, blah blah blah." All I did was throw a pet gate at you, and Tiff was like, "I'm fucking out." Like, you were gonna like, get, like, get arrested.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: like what? How am I the and Mildred was like, I left. And Tiff is like, I broke up with you. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so fucked up. Very so those fucked two are a total mess. But I mean, the main show, I think, were the other three couples. Um, okay, so well, actually, let's give our finishing scores. Sam went jolted way up for me. She's like an eight. Yeah. Um Aussie jolted way down for me. Way down. Like a one. Um, Mildred, zero. Tiff yeah. got a couple bonus points because I think Tiff is still fucked up, but I think Tiff did some legitimate did, work.
2: Yeah, she was like realizing things and trying to progress and move forward. So I think she definitely bumped up for me. But yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so I will give Tiff like a five, I guess. But none of those... Oh, I guess Sam and Ossie stayed together. Oh, well, for Tiff the dog. I give her
2: apart. like a seven because she loves the dog. Yeah, much. let's
1: give an extra point for the dog. Um, and then we get to Lexi and Ray. I feel like Ray gets a bunch more points for me because she at least like... Agreed. Well, Ray slept with Vanessa, which... Both of them agreed was completely unnecessary, and I don't know how that even fucking happens. To be, yeah, they were hilarious
2: because they were like, they were like we weren't well, into it, each other, wasn't attracted, well, but it just, it just happened. I had to do it, just
1: did it. It's so weird. I don't yeah. understand. I really don't understand that. I think Ray was looking for a way out, maybe, yeah, of, yeah, from lexi but I
2: like that she was like, I just wanted to do it and I did it, and now I have to own that. And it was like, okay, that's good, like this. I feel like you're at least expressing responsibility You're expressing, like, why it happened. You're not making excuses for it. And you're saying, this is the thing. And now I have to live with it, right? And it's like, okay, it's good.
1: Yeah, I liked, I think Ray got a lot of points for me over the course of the season. Because I do think that she's got a lot of problems, obviously. But, like, I think she found some power in her own voice and her own choices and was just trying to be, like... I mean, even up until the end when she proposed, she was like, I, my back's against the wall, but like, I do want to give, I think you're a good person and I think you'd be a good partner. So I guess I'll just fucking do this, you know? Yeah. Um, but she, there was like a lot of candor, even though Ray's quiet and it's hard to get to the crux of who she actually is. There's not a lot of like personality there. I think she ultimately, uh, yeah, was just really honest throughout the whole thing yeah and lexi lost a ton of points for me yeah yeah because lexi was so controlling of ray and vanessa talking and so like unforgiving with vanessa which i thought was kind of weird like I yeah. actually vanessa had a pretty compelling journey over the course of the show and like yeah it was just so controlling that she lost a lot of points for someone who pretends to be so mature she wasn't very mature actually she just knows how to sound that way
0: mm-hmm. and the show tr- i mean again not having seen the later episodes but in the earliest episodes she's like vanessa is treated is framed as like again this villain for being very controlling of xander and who xander can talk to which to be clear seems really shitty but then like there's not the same attitude directed towards Lexi. Um, and it all it's also interesting because there's one edit that i really wanted to talk about which just because i found it sort of delightful what i found out later was that um there's a thing where lexi is talking shit about vanessa and then they cut to vanessa in the background talking about how she's an instagram influencer and then cut back to lexi having this super intense conversation and it's to me. It's like it's edited to be like, oh, Vanessa is just like this shallow, horrible person who's here for the wrong reasons. But in fact, Lexi is a much bigger influence Instagram influencer than Vanessa is. Yeah, oh, really?
1: Lexi's all over TikTok right now, like nonstop.
2: Oh, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lexi has
0: seven hundred thousand Instagram followers, while uh, Vanessa has seventy thousand. So I mean, mm-hmm. they're both like big on Instagram, but one is like big, big.
1: Yeah, Lexi's like um the Google of Instagram and. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that Lexi just was like, for someone who's throwing stones, she's just super glass housey. Like she she was insecure. She wasn't there for the right reasons. Issuing an ultimatum is not a mature thing. It's not something that like a good partner does. Right. And yeah, so there was just a lot of like bitching at Ray about who Ray is. There was a lot of bitching about Vanessa. There was just like, a lot of fucking judgment being cast about by someone who like hasn't you don't have it all figured out you just sound like you do yeah yeah good at the therapy speak i mean that
2: was what was yeah that's what became obvious about her it was like regardless of how she sounded in terms of being put together and mature and everything like she absolutely was not that she's just her age which is fine no
1: it's fine but just don't like try to fake us out like poor ray went I think we have to talk about Group Night Out. Oh my God! use it as a segue to the to
2: Here's the She's the thirstiest Instagram I've ever seen, just as a real-time follow-up. I didn't realize that I was not expecting this for Lexi.
1: Yeah, curveball. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I it's thirsty as assumptions. Oh, okay, okay. Um but they're having a conversation So, like they go to this group night out and ray sees vanessa and ray knows that like lexi has drawn some really clear boundaries which going back to whatever his name is jonah hill you don't draw boundaries around what someone else's behavior are is that's not how boundaries work you draw boundaries around your behavior and what you're willing to accept in your presence and that's it right yeah
2: and you don't oh god don't get me started on that but like why would you articulate like if, if it is true that those are not things you want then you're with the wrong person and leave them but like don't fucking lay yeah, it your out boundary is that like messy. i'm
1: gonna yeah yeah not like you can't behave this way Yeah. so i'm gonna yeah. control how you behave it's like if that's the way that they behave and you don't like it then your boundary is that you're not in that relationship anymore it's right, pretty exactly. fucking straightforward and so ray is doing her best to ignore vanessa which is like fucked up because ray and vanessa spent three weeks together and they had fun and like they're friends and stuff and there's nothing romantic going on between them no they're very
2: clear about that (laughs)
1: lexi's like you looked at her you looked her in the eye how could you look her in the eye and she's like that's all i fucking did i just looked at her like how is that the thing that got me so fucked up but Yeah, so Lexi lost a bunch of points. Ray, I think, is like either stayed the same or got a point or two, but like generally those two are a mess. And they did get engaged, but they broke up right after the reunion. So they put on a good show <laughs> for the whole time. Mm-hmm. But then the Xander Yoli thing, and I do have a hard stop in 10 minutes. So we have to bang yeah. through this because it's the yeah. most important part, I think, was fucking wild to me. Like the way they acted on that group night out that they. Yoli was like, are we in line of sight? Like, talking about how they love each other and miss each other? I thought it was just so fucked up. Like, Yoli lost all the points for me. Yoli is the biggest fucking villain in this entire show.
2: Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I would I, choose
1: Mildred and Tiff and all them over Yoli. Oh, I, so I think Yoli's fucking calculated.
2: But Yoli, yeah, Yoli really uh, flipped, like, to a point where... And she kept saying stuff like cuz she kept getting caught in lies and then being like i didn't oh, know oh, that yeah yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah oh then, yeah
1: i can see oh, how you yeah, would. yeah. i can and see how like, you would no, think that that was that no no you fucking explicitly you lied did. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and yoli just also clearly had this like fucking yoli was the most aware of the cameras i feel like it doesn't mm. play that way entirely but the way I... the way i'm trying to say that is that like she wanted to have the plot line of the show like she wanted to have the central plot line of the show and the best way to do that was to keep both of them on a string and be i can't decide and to fucking lie and push those relationships as far as she could at the same time concurrently and do it fully knowing she was doing it fully knowing she was disrespecting both of them. She was disrespecting herself. She was disrespecting Vanessa, like just complete. She's evolved enough to have a complete awareness of all of those things and just chose to do that anyway. And I give her a zero.
2: But what did you think about this? I I thought one of the more interesting things about their relationship, um, well, about Yoli in general, but her relationship with both Mal and, xander was that she was talking about the financials and they made it pretty clear that like that was the that may be they insinuated that may be the main reason she liked xander and despite everything else but like you were talking about how it is a practical concern and like obviously it is because the costs of that are very significant and if you have in your life a priority of having children and this is the rest of your situation like you're a lesbian and you want to have it through this method or whatever like that's a very real consideration right but like did you give her did you dock her points for that because they made it seem like the show clearly wanted you to take away the possibility that she was extremely calculating and like well this one has a bigger bank account and that'll get me to a kid quicker yeah i didn't really
1: I don't need to docker points for that cuz she's already at a zero, but I right. do hear that you're saying that, but I just don't. I think that that was more the edit than anything else mm. honestly cuz I think I think at the end of the day, Xander was someone who she knew was capable of issuing an ultimatum that the family and all of these things were important enough to her to count for all the points basically. I don't actually yeah. think that they really liked each other all that much. They just saw like similar values in one another. Right. And right also mal went on Instagram or something and or on a podcast and spilled the tea that like I didn't talk about my job or what I do because I work in corporate America and I'm a black woman working in corporate America and like part of the reason I maybe saw seemed too fake or too like nice or on the right side keeping my side of the street clean and didn't have a lot of drama around me was because I didn't I don't have the opportunity to fuck up right yeah yeah, and rebound in my real life so i was just very very careful about my persona on the show but people are saying i'm broke and i'm not broke (laughs) like yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like so i just think that that was like man kind of a manufactured piece okay yeah yeah. to be honest i think what was not manufactured was that yoli was just like super calculated in creating a situation where she had a lot of power and yeah so like that wasn't a factor
2: for her deciding but it was like a necessary it had to be necessary in her overall calculus like well she has this so that adds to the like on the as i'm adding them up and doing my calculation of which one is the more optimal for me than this works
1: or whatever yeah yeah yeah. and i honestly think that her calculus like yeah her decision was both of them from the beginning. Kind right, of, right, right? You know right, what right. I mean? Like, I think she went into the show being like, I'm gonna fall in love with whoever, I'm gonna choose someone who issued an ultimatum, I'm gonna make it really clear, blah blah. blah. I'm just gonna, like, yeah. I mean, and it did it.
2: seem Xander did seem again manipulated, right? Super in the way manipulated
1: because that... I think Xander really did fall for Yoli. I think she like yes. caught feelings hard.
2: And I think one of the saddest things about Xander, but also one of the things that make her most sympathetic is that she's susceptible to that kind of manipulation from anybody, right? But you, you obviously. Guess? It just feels like the way that they talk, they don't talk too much about it, but the way they talk about like how she grew up and came out, it just makes it seem like that adds to her vulnerability. Like she has a leftover wound from that or whatever that, makes mm-hmm. her, that exposes her to this kind of manipulation, right? So
1: Totally. And I felt bad because even though I think that Vanessa's change of heart was mostly framed around jealousy and like losing what she she felt like she had was kind of invincible in her relationship not only was andrew but she talks about being invincible in her past relationships like they would have loved me forever right mm-hmm, that's how mm-hmm. she like thinks of herself and i think that confident that kind of confidence is good but not when it's like left unchecked right. and i think there's nothing wrong like i'm not i don't 100 believe it but i also don't 100 discredit her change of heart because i think there's a reason that there's an idiom that says you don't know what you've got till it's gone, because that is how fucking life works, right? Yeah. Like the grass is greener, et cetera. Like these things exist because they change the way that we think about things and evaluate things. They're real phenomena, in the, our psychology as humans. And so I don't think that that was an unreal thing. Do I think that they belong together? I don't know. Do I think they had real love between each other? Probably. But like, I actually give Vanessa a ton more points. I thought she was like a total sociopath and I don't think that she's not. I think she's still like puppeteering a lot of uh-huh. what goes on, but I think that there's an element of like her real feelings that are on display there. And I think that she's like kind of doing her best. I don't think she's really trying to hurt anybody, you know? And yeah. um, so I give Vanessa a bunch more points and Xander, like, I don't know, probably loses points just for like, falling into the web of all that
0: yeah all right any final thoughts on any of the couples or participants or just overall about ultimatum queer love
1: probably but we don't have time i mean i could go on for another hour and a half on this show i thought it was i think it's the best dating reality show that exists
2: yeah i agree
1: and i think that i hope Other streaming services, networks, etc. Take a lesson that Tila Tequila was a fucking mistake. Oh, God. You know, some of this, like, OG gay stuff was just, like, so poorly thought out. And if you put these people on screen in these situations, they will pump out really fucking solid content for you, whether they're good or bad people, regardless. Because it's just... I don't know. I just think, like same-sex relationships, women kind of like matriarchal relationships, whatever we want to call them, they're just like more interesting cuz they actually have fucking conversations. So yeah.
0: yeah, I think this is probably the most interesting and compelling uh dating show I've seen, which I have seen way way, way less than you guys, but and it's I think it's because it's simultaneously the realist like it just like it seems like there's like real relationship issues going into this show and for that very reason it's also the craziest because there's like actual stuff at stake even though in a way you would argue that everybody who broke up had a happy the real happy ending which is that they got free of like this crazy situation they were in Mm -hmm.
1: and at the same time it's still all of the pieces of a reality show which you like which is this like over the top fucking dramatic crazy bullshit and you're like cringing every corner but then you're also like I genuinely feel for this conversation. I could see myself having this conversation. Yeah. And that is a weird phenomenon that, like, you don't get both in reality shows very often.
0: Yeah. Well, if you have seen the first season of The Ultimatum Queer Love and you have thoughts, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at originalcontent. And we always appreciate it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choosing. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you next week.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.